All right, Matthew, welcome to episode 59 of the Performance Advantage podcast, where we bring sports science to the people with Dr. Matt Miller and myself, Dr. Will O'Connor, sports scientist. This week on the show, Matt and I are recapping our races from the weekend, especially after talking to Jay in last episode in Mental Skills. And I am entering a 24-hour running event around an athletics track. So we're going to talk through my build-up for the next 20 weeks. Matt's done a few 24-hour races, so we're going to delve into the science of 24-hour racing. As always, shout out to Endurance Training Hub and smart mtb training online self-coaching software to help you become a better athlete also we want to remind you that you have just a few days if you're listening to this just after it comes out you've got until july 1st to get 50 percent off the performers advantage masterclass a six part course to teach you how to use sports science to train more effectively check that out on performersadvantagepodcast.com all right let's get on with the show All right, Matt, so Jay told you how to realign, reset your brain because you weren't even going to race in the weekend, but you did the mountain bike race. How did it go? Yeah, I was definitely not going to go. And um, yeah, I'm glad I went, actually. Like, I'm glad we got Jay on the podcast. It was really good timing because I do like, like, I love going to events. Obviously, we want them to always go really well, and they don't always go really well, especially if we've... uh, been too busy sitting at our computers for like the last couple months. Um, but yeah, it, actually, so it went really well, uh, all things considered. So when we talked to Jay last week on the podcast, he said, uh, you know, what are some things that you can do that you can control? Uh, I guess this is, this is what I remember of it. And um, so I... S- well, first off, you were worried that your power numbers were down, your outputs were down, and you thought, look, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I, I'm just not going to race. Yep. 100%. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Um, and, you know, like, I guess that's what, that's what a race is for, right? Like, you want to be able to do well. Otherwise, you can just go ride by yourself, right? <laughs> so you, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you want to be able to push it and you want to be able to perform. Um, but I'm looking at my power from uh, my power test. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely down from where I was last year. Uh, but then Jay was like, yeah, just go. And even if you aren't at the same place you would like to be with your fitness, you can, there are at least a few things you could do. And what I, from what I remember from the discussion, I settled on two things. Um, and that was focus on drinking and focus on cornering. I guess there's three things because the third thing is focus on pace, <laughs> pacing properly, which is obviously I was going to do that anyway. But, um, <laughs> I focused on those three things and, uh, yeah, it just went, ended up going pretty good. Um, I guess I was like fifth overall or something 
And uh, my last lap was my fastest lap, which was pretty cool. Well, that's kind of one of the goals of pacing, right? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, normal, like most people are the other other way. And I've been the other way a lot of times where I just get slower and slower and slower and slower. But we talked about this in the pacing uh, podcast episode where I finally felt like I was starting to, you know, make it air quotes when I was getting faster every lap. And the only thing you have to do to get faster every lap is start a little bit slower. And that's about it. And then like keep drinking. So I focused on drinking. I drank a whole bottle by the time we got to the fifth lap. And uh, yeah, it went all right. Because it was, what was it like cross country, cross country mountain bike about an hour, hour and yeah, a half? Yeah, so I think my time ended up being like an hour 20. And uh, like the track was super flat in the sand. And we raced there in the winter because you can ride on wet sand, like pretty good. And it's really, really twisty, uh, pretty rooty trails, uh, just a few little punchy climbs. So it actually really suits me. And if there's one thing I'm good at, uh, that's hitting flat turns. So I just focused yep. on that, not breaking, uh, almost hitting trees pretty much, you know, <laughs> on the inside lines. And uh, yeah, it was really fun to be able to like put, because when you're riding a flat, not super fast, sandy kind of trail. If you mess up a turn, you're not really going to get hurt. You're just going to like twist your bars and fall over into the sand, you know, yep. like pine needle sand kind of thing. Um, so you, you can really take some chances and corner really hard. I scared myself a couple times. It just ended up going <laughs> pretty nice. Like my power was down. My power is definitely down compared to the same race last year, uh, by a considerable, considerable amount. But, uh, you know, I just had fun with it and it's motivating then yeah, for the next the step. overall like kind of lap times is it the same course. Uh, actually I didn't look at the lap times from last year, but yeah, it would have been the same course so I can check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. So now we'll stick with it. Gym, gym this morning and riding this afternoon. So yeah, we're, we're on a roll now. We'll keep the momentum going. Oh, geez. We're back. Yeah. We're Boys back. are on. <laughs> so did you race this weekend well i mean i organized a race okay. um we're still i think like this weekend we have the club cross country run um but we're still probably a month away from like full-on organized event like multi-regional kind of event as opposed to just something in your town um anyway to get everyone sort of prepped up we did I, I organized like a, a 10 kilometer run time trial for a bunch of people to, to show up around this loop locally. And uh, the same one I, I used uh, last time. So yeah, when did that and it was because, you know, we, I got burnt out. I overtrained myself, um, recovered, came back with a reduced training load. And so I was really like, I wasn't so much, anxious i didn't have that performance anxiety kind of like you had um because i was like i'm interested to see if this reduced training has like where i sit now because i besides like i missed one session in four weeks like so it was definitely an achievable training load i was feeling good i was feeling stronger um and so yeah we're just really interested and um had yeah my goals were like in in an event like that so well, I did 33, 26, 33 minutes, 26 seconds for, for 10Ks. And 
that's um well <laughs> interesting that like i so we all just as it wasn't measured it was just like this is the loop 10k is a 1.8 ish k loop everyone just do it stop your watch at 10 10 kilometers um and i finished like 200 meters before everyone else oh, no. so i had some i had some good gps on the day i guess but like and that, that just shows you know what the variance in gps but uh yeah i was stoked because i got um a new pb oh sweet like and then but then like did i get a new pb because i have another i have a, like a 32 40 something on my watch pb but it was in a 10 kilometer race like an athletics new zealand like measured certified course so obviously that's 10k but my watch you know i i got 10.2 or something like that so who knows if it's actually a PB? Like, depends which one I want to take. But in terms, like, I ran fast, so I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, and just like had had the had those goals of pacing as well. Like, it's it's so easy to go out too hard. And like, I brought up my splits, Matt, just because I thought you'd be pretty yeah, stoked. Tell so me. this is per kilometer. Okay. So we had a a three sixteen, three nineteen, three nineteen, three twenty five. 317, 322, 319, 322, 318, 319. Nice. So, and the 325 was just because of the nature of the course and because it wasn't like an exact distant, one part was like uphill, just like a, you know, like a very gradual false flat and then one was down. Okay. So that third kilometer was all, like all uphill. And so that would have made that other slower split the eighth kilometer as well. Yeah, because the fourth and eighth were were like the same section and they were the, the slower ones. But otherwise, yeah. yeah. Well, how would you feel then if you were pacing like that? Because that's pretty even pacing. That, I mean, that's really even. What? That's really good. That's it's, it's probably as even as you get, really, like within a few seconds. And it's running on like a, I don't want to say an undulating course, but runners would call it like an undulating course, you know, because it's not. Dead flat. Yeah, that'd be your Strava title. Um, like, oh, TV, despite undulating course, right? <laughs> yeah, and massive wins. Yeah. You know? uh, but how'd you feel? Like, so lap one, like, obviously only three seconds faster than your last lap. How'd you feel that first one? The obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, like, just super comfy. Yeah. Like, so I had the two guys that are around my speed, um, they took off, uh -oh. actually. They gapped me straight away, and I was like, "There's no way." Like, I just not today. I'm not. I'm not on that level. Um, and then, yeah, I brought one of them. One of them back at about halfway, and finished maybe like a minute ahead of him. Like he blew <laughs> pretty hard. Feels pretty good to and do then, that uh, to bring someone back mid race. Oh, it feels so good. It keeps you so motivated, yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, and then the other guy, Matt, stayed. He kind of got this big gap at the start, and then it extended a little bit, maybe through through the center, and then I just started reeling him back and back and back and back. He still finished ahead of me, um, but yeah, like I didn't. I just it was like such a good feeling when you just try harder and harder and harder, but there's no like you know you're not slowing down, and you think you're probably speeding up, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> But it's good to see like your times, you have your goal kind of time 
and after the first few laps you're like cool i'm i'm on or i'm off or i'm like slightly off or hopefully i can speed up and then to not see that like disappear because <laughs> you know when you blow up it's the same as feeling as you when you're hitting it fast like, oh that lap time is faster you're more vo- motivated you can push harder you can concentrate more on what you're doing and yeah and so it was like yeah kind of also a bit bittersweet and like man so do now what do i do do i continue doing less training uh-huh. or do i push you push more and and less training like is is a real relative term right because um, it's still probably a lot of training well yeah it's still like it as as a whiffed race and 100 k's a week of of running with like a hard workout and like a few hour long run like um but it's less compared to what i was doing so what's that uh but as i say and the people i work with like let's find this achievable training load and let's keep doing it and i've obviously like i've improved so that's good so let's so i'm going to commit to doing it again for another four week training block and um i've got a race a half marathon at the end of that and uh and i'll probably throw in like another some five like a 5k time trial and stuff and and see see what happens yes yeah, that's that's the good thing about training is it's a constant journey and you can try different things as long as you're doing the right kind of things um you could you know potentially see different results by doing the right thing different ways and you know one that's we see that a lot actually with cyclists especially because they can do really massive volumes and they get better and they get better and then for some reason they change to low volume and then they get better and better and better and you can get better to a certain point at a low volume and then you know eventually you start to need to add more volume but maybe you're at that right point now so be interesting to learn that over the season yeah and this opportunity of the current global crisis (laughs) and not having races it's given me like a lot of confidence to oh let's you know i'm not feeling the pressure of having all these events taper recovery retrain squeeze training in taper recovery like potential injury or setback or niggle so you got to jump you know you don't get that chance where i've just had four weeks uninterrupted and before that i had four weeks uninterrupted of like my big training load two weeks off four weeks like just continuous uninterrupted training because there's no races it's just local stuff or the stuff like i just organized um so super easy to step away and go well you know there's no financial commitment to it let's just not do it or do it um so that's been that's been cool yeah i'll be interested to see see how it goes yeah keep us updated but matthew after that i am gonna have to put some work in i'm gonna have to do some big miles because i am i am right now about to enter the 24 hour champ national championships wow. for running. Okay. are you actually going to do it now like on the okay, podcast i am yeah okay. so here we go it's the I, i'm always a bit confused about how to pronounce shri shamoy anyway he's this like international running legend that started this like charity or trust that runs these kind of self-transcendence races. Okay. I don't even know what that but, means. Uh, it sounds very spiritual. <laughs> well, that's what he said, like doing these ab- like absurd distances or times of running 
transfers you into like this like state of self-awareness and he wanted more people to experience this without throughout the world so he started this trust or charity to help people organize these events okay and so so you're about to anyway get into it yeah and they've actually asked me a few questions which i haven't normally had for it so what's your best marathon time so i got a 239 what's your best 50k 100k times you know, so I had to put, so I got a 350 and an 830 there. Haven't done a 50 mile or a 100 mile. <laughs> I haven't done a 100 miles. I haven't done a 6 hour, 12 hour or 24 hour. So I got to put not available. What are some of your best performances? What club? Lake City. What up? And do you be- aim to become an NZ Centurion Walker? I hope not. I mean, you're <laughs> going to run it, I would assume. I mean, yeah. nothing against walkers. No, that would be tough though. Walking a hundred miles. Whew. So okay, and tell us tell us more about this event though. And so we are done. Okay, you're in. I'm so in. committed. You probably paid about a thousand dollars to enter. So there's your financial commitment that you haven't had yet this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Wow, well, can't believe I actually just entered. Yeah, that. that's actually quite a big commitment. That is a twenty four hours is a long time. So tell us about this event that you just entered. Okay, so 14th of November, 2020. Okay, so you got five months. In, yeah, 20 weeks, actually. Okay. Um, and it's in Auckland, New Zealand, um, Albany, athletics track, Matthew. Okay. So it's at an athletics track, 400 meters is one loop. Then what? <laughs> then you do another one and repeat for a day. Wait. So you're gonna <laughs> wait. So you're gonna run for twenty four hours in a circle like a hamster. Yeah, that's that's a wheel, but this is a circle yeah. and it's an oval. But yeah, that's like a normal size track. You're gonna run on that for twenty four hours. Yes. Wow. Which direction? Well, hopefully. Well, see, I was looking this up on, on their website. I can't see if you change directions. I know in like the world championships, for example, which I looked up, um, you change direction every four hours. Okay. So I'm, I'm not sure if that happens at this one, but I mean, how long does it take to go around one time? Well, like how long is a piece of string, but I would, well, this is what we need to get into, you know, like how, I'm interested to pick your brains. You've done 24-hour racing on mountain bike. Um, but, yeah, so so if we keep going, it's yeah, it's up at the athletics track um, in Auckland and starts at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, finishes at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, and you just, you just go. You just go. And so the reason I've entered it is... Well, the season's been so disrupted. I kind of wanted, I didn't know really what to focus on. And I've always wondered, you know, like, how far could I run if I had a day, you know? And, um, you know, there's, there's, I could do a 100 mile event, like a gnarly one and try and do it under 24 hours or something. But there's so many variables in like trail running and everything. I was like, well, this one's on an athletics track. Like that completely removes the variable of terrain it removes most of the variable of equipment 
hydration, nutrition, like, because it's like, I'll see them in about a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so now it's just about running, really. It's about the physical and the mental. So, all right. I wonder how far I could go. Well, I might as well enter and find out. And if I do well, it could be my only opportunity to win a national championship. That would be quite cool. Um, you you know, Kate, to win a 24-hour event, you need to be pretty cagey. You know, like you need to be a wise old owl. That's that's who wins 24-hour events. And uh, it's it's not about speed. It's about not quitting and not stopping. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So if you're going to be potentially up against people who are quite experienced in not quitting and not stopping and they know what it feels like to have done one of these events and stopped for a nap and then regretted it for the rest of their lives. (laughs) 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 So that's who you're going to be up against. And I must say that that's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Especially if you don't know what it feels like to, you know, um, be, well, you know what it feels like to be running at 3 a.m. So I think, you know, you've done a bit of your homework, but by the time you get to 3 a.m., that's, that's when most people are quitting. So, so when does it start? Normally in all the events that I've done, you start at noon and then you race until noon the next day. Is this going to be similar? No, nine, nine in the morning. Oh, wow. I'm not sure if that makes it easier or harder. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, no idea. Um, <laughs> I can't believe, I, yeah, I actually can't believe I've just entered that, but, uh, we're, we're committed. Like I'm, I've been talking about it, you know, and, and now I'm, I'm quite excited and scared, but, uh, so what do I need to, if we, one of my goals really, has to be, it doesn't have to be, but it has to be 200Ks, okay, because that's kind of like, if I can do 100 kilometers on the trail in 10 hours, and on a flat trail, eight and a half hours, then surely I can do another 100Ks and on a, like, athletics track, like, super flat, without having to carry any equipment in 24 hours. I'd like to think. And then if I want to win, it looks like I need to do maybe around 220, 230. Okay, that's a big difference. Uh, that's a lot more. As how many, how fast do you have to run then? Um, well, it's around, I th- think on average, about seven minutes per kilometer. So what I am unsure about is the pacing right like that's what it's going to come so we've got if we just look at physical let's kind of ignore kind of mental for 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 a second why don't we this is why i wanted to like kind of spring it on you and myself and so just really go through the process of like let's try and break this thing down i've got 20 weeks like let's let's have a look at at the event all right so how am i going to pace it because I have a speed at which I can run comfortably. Like the slowest speed I can run comfortably is going to be 
on on a flat track like that like maybe five thirties five minute thirty per kilometer i I really couldn't run economically slower than that, and that i mean that would that would equate to like three hundred k's I'd fall apart i'm not can't not capable uh of doing that, so I can't do that, so I'm gonna have to um do the run walk to to slow an overall average pace to more like something I could think is achievable. So then, Matt, from like your experience, do you, because you're going to slow down for sure, how much can you give at the start to like, to, you know, bank time? How much time can you bank at the start of a 24-hour event to what you'll lose later on? Well, I guess we'll just kind of preface to say um, that I was young and dumb when I was doing 24-hour events, so there wasn't really much thought into it other than trying to find the, uh, what are those honey, I think it was called a honey bun, and we would try and find the honey bun with the most calories. So I think I was like 19, and when I was 19, I did the 24-hour map. Who let you do a 24-hour race when you're 19? Well, my first ever race was a 24-hour race. First ever. Oh my god. I was 16. (laughs) And my friend Alex and I decided that we were going to sign up for this 24-hour mountain bike race called 24 Hours of Alamucci, which was one of the longest-running 24-hour races at the time. And we signed up for Duo, and we were pretty cocky into it. We had matching kits and everything, hadn't never raced before, didn't know what we were doing. Um, And we thought we were going to win for sure, and we didn't, you know, because we just quit at midnight. (laughs) because <laughs> it was raining and our lights had died we didn't have enough food and we were out of bananas and you know like we just slept the rest of the day or the rest of the night woke up in the morning and just watched so you know that's kind of what spurred me on to keep racing I had that much fun but then eventually I decided to do it solo so we did a couple team events and they're pretty they're pretty easy actually it's just a big party back then and you know i guess we were too young to party but it was uh, you know a party for the adults <laughs> and yeah so i did i did them every year and then actually my friend alex and i continued to do them and we would do 12 hour events as well in teams and by then we were getting faster and we would win those as juniors and then i started doing them solo so I did a lot of 12-hour events solo. And, you know, I would do pretty pretty good in those. And 24-hour events as well. And they're just really, really hard. So okay, cool. I didn't have much of a strategy. I just did it. You know? Yeah. And uh, just kind of hoped for the best. I would eat as much as I could. And, uh, yeah. That's about it. We weren't collecting yeah. data. We didn't have power meters. I think I rode yeah. with a heart rate monitor, but the way they started is you kind of had to start fast because they all started with a Le Mans start, it's called, where you run about a mile, I think it was, uh, to your bikes. And obviously, like, I wasn't doing running training to prepare. <laughs> so I've, everyone's sprinting and I'm trying to keep up and we're running in our cycling shoes for a mile in a grass field. Yeah. And that wrecks you pretty good. And then you get on the, on your bikes and, you kind of start like a cross-country race. 
like way too hard. So there's no strategy, no strategy. So I can only look back and say, this is what I should have done. <laughs> well, I mean, that's still going to be helpful. Um, what, do you, yeah. So like, if you have a think, what am I going to do? How am I going to, to pace it? Well, when, it, when you're saying run, walk, I'm thinking, well, what if you just do run, stop? Well, the thing with stopping is you don't get any reward for your time. Right, like if we look at the um, trade-off, the cost-benefit analysis, if I stop, there is zero gain in mileage and how much recovery. So probably optimal, maybe, but if I walk even really slowly, I may recover similarly, but also gain like distance so like that could be and i'd imagine you'd want to avoid stopping as much as like at the start i I could probably yeah i'll be so motivated and enjoying it that stopping's just can be part of it right but then like you say come midnight come 3 a.m when i'm sort of you know 15 hours deep and at that stage, what, you'd probably think I'd be around 120 kilometers. Like, <laughs> I'm run further than, if you include warm-up, like, and, and my, and the race, like, 105 kilometers would be, like, the furthest I've ever run. And, and, like, my wife was saying, are you sure you want to do this? Because, like, yeah, you've run, like, these ultras, but you do them in, like, you haven't run for longer than 10 hours. You know, and like a lot of people when they do the 100k race like it takes them 15 17 hours like you haven't ever had to exercise longer than 10 hours um and this is going to be 14 hours longer than that so. it's like more than twice as long actually <laughs> yeah yeah and i've been pretty wrecked after 10 so um i mean you can do it there's no question that you can do it um but you know you're gonna have to stop eventually well, you say I can do it, but what, like, my concern is that I start to fall apart and there's no finish line. Right. Yeah. In, you know, like if I'm doing a, a whatever distance race from point to point or a loop, you go, oh, well, if I just keep moving, I'll get to the finish line. And, but this is just time. There is no finish well, line. I mean, that's your finish line and you can count that down really easily. Like at every, any given time, you know how far you are from the finish line <laughs> and you just need to keep moving. Yeah. But, yeah. But you can't. Well, I guess you, you can't keep moving the whole time. The hardest part is going to, like stopping is going to be something that you're going to want to do and you're going to need to do. But the hard thing is going to be getting your butt up and moving again when it's cold and everything's damp and like you're chafed in places you didn't know you could chafe and there's yeah it, yeah it's going to be brutal it's going to be brutal but you just have to keep moving and there are lots of people that can do it and usually the people that win usually aren't the fittest athletes they're, they're just the ones that don't stop i've beaten plenty of people that were faster than me just by not stopping yeah yeah totally and and, and by stopping, I mean quitting, right? 
So like stopping to eat and make sure that you keep up with your nutrition is super important. Change your clothes, change your socks, change your shoes, um, get something warm on, all that stuff. Like you have to do it. But if you quit, then it's over. So you just can't quit. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, I mean, yeah, that sounds easy, but you're also, like, I'm not going in there just to cruise around. I want to, like, if I'm going to get 200 Ks. Or I'm going to go, you know, push, want to push beyond that. Let's call 200 as like the, the benchmark. Let's, let's aim. So you're going to, aim for that. you, you want to go there to get what, fifth place? Or do you want to go there to win? No. Well, I want to okay, win. So you need to get 220 Ks. Yeah, but we should probably figure it out. <laughs> like it's, it's very ambitious to try and like ex- think that I'm going to be able to. To win a twenty-four hour event when I've never run for longer than ten but, hours. So what would you, what would we need to do to do two hundred and twenty k's? Okay, Matt. So I've just done the quick calculations, and two hundred k's in twenty-four hours is seven twelve minute per kilometer, and then two hundred and thirty k's is six fifteen minutes per kilometer, or a ten minute mile. So. I'm going to have to run somewhere between that, between kind of, yeah, 6.15 and 7.15 per kilometer. Now, uh, yeah, 6.15, that is, uh, that's fast. Like, that's, there's, there's not a lot of mucking around in, in me being able to average just over six minutes per K. Like I said, I could probably comfortably run somewhere around 5 to 5.30s. That's the running. That's just when I'm running, you know, if we include our stops and walks and things that, um, yeah, I don't know if that's a, that's a realistic goal because I did eight hours 30, which was pretty much five, five, just over five minutes per kilometer, five ten for a hundred Ks. And that was carrying water and all my compulsory gear, about an extra three and a half kgs worth of stuff. That's with hills. Uh, it wasn't, no, that one wasn't that hilly, but it wasn't an athletics track for sure. But then, you know, to only be able to have a minute buffer on that. It's, uh, so yeah, let's, let's walk, <laughs> let's start at 200 Ks. Okay. But like if you, so say you average five and a half minute Ks, cause obviously you need to be economical about your running. You can't just be plodding along, slowing yourself down on purpose. So what if you do five, yeah. five and a half minute Ks? And you run for 5Ks, but you only need to average 6 minutes and 15, right? So yep. if you do those 5Ks and you want to get your average to that 6.15, that means you have 3 minutes uh, and 40 seconds to just do nothing. I mean, that's that's a long yes, time to just sit around, right? Yeah, and then if you think that I if I walk for that 3 minutes... That then becomes probably five minutes because rather than not covering any distance, I'm starting to cover a few hundred meters. Okay. So that might be good for the start, but when are you going to eat? And when, when well, are you going to change your socks and your shirt and like apply uh, cream to all your chafy bits? And go to the toilet. Yeah, you might have to do that too. Yeah. Um. When am I going to do that? Well, I know, like, let's just say for, based off of my 
k runs um i've the last couple last three i haven't changed my shoes so i haven't needed to worry about that like it's been i will have to do it but let's just say in in 10 hours i haven't needed to do it so if i plan for one every five hours maybe that's that's prudent um and then same with going to the toilet normally pretty good might have to go once but uh there's a portal there so it's like a very quick kind of process and then you know reapplying chafe cream and all that doesn't take a lot of time what i'm thinking is going to take more time like is the eating yeah because i'm not going to be going off of sports gels Ugh, gross no way no way uh and then there's the part at which you hit the wall like you feel like crap and running's just not the thing that you're doing right then. So that's kind of more, like I know I can get to 10 hours. Okay. Like I've done it before and let's kind of ignore that. The, I have, I'm still having to run around a 400 meter track. Um, I can do that. All right. And I can get there with a six minute K average. Sure. Uh, could you know and then if we just kind of extrapolate that out probably get to 15 hours can prob can probably do that and that's going to be if we do 12 hours that's going to be at 3 a.m mm, yeah so from there from 3 a.m till 9 a.m we have the that my maths is is way off there actually <laughs> <laughs> you, you were close you're close right it's, uh, it's gonna be midnight yeah. it's gonna be midnight mm-hmm. okay so i start at 9 a.m 15 hours is is midnight so now we're moving on to a, a, a new day we're moving into sunday i've got so if i if i'm around six six minute per k it's somewhere in that six to seven i'm i'm probably around 130 kilometers so i've i've got like now i've got I've only got nine hours. Yeah, see, I'd only have nine hours to do like another hundred k's, which isn't going to happen. Because I'm going to like this. This has from there. If if we just kind of say, okay, what, how do I, as a normal hundred kilometer race go for me? It's very broken near the end. Like you really get inside your own head, and you just have to walk for a couple minutes. Yeah, and just re regroup yourself, regather, have a drink, like figure out how you're going to approach the next section of the race and i can only imagine how long those breaks are when you are like half a day deep yeah exactly running around an athletics track that first 100k um is going to have to be easy for you like you can't have any falling apart like in a 100k race and it's going to be a lot different because you're not going to be pacing for a 100k like you can't be thinking of like trying to block it up into different races and um, try and pace yourself according to that. You need to be thinking about the entire 24 hours. Um, And that's why your strategy needs to be reflected uh, pretty much immediately. So you're going to need to stop. That's a given uh, at a certain point, and maybe you'll have a 15-minute nap. Uh, Preferably not, but you might want it. You're going to get really grumpy, and you're going to start yelling at whoever your poor support crew is. Your poor, poor you. support. <laughs> no way. Uh, You'll come. You'll come. 
you're get well, you're going to be yelling at me and you're going to be very mean. You're going to say things that you've never never said before and you're going to say things that you really really regret. So, you need someone that's strong in your support crew that can handle it. Uh maybe not yeah. you. <laughs> well, see, I I cuz I know what I know how you'll be. Um you're going to look for you're going to be looking for any excuse to quit. And I think like that's why you need to have these these breaks or these stops or this really good pacing strategy built into the whole event overall and not think about 100k don't even think about the last event you did because it's not going to be anything like running 100k it's true it's more than twice as much because you need to do 220 so if you're starting to get tired at 100k well you know you got a long way to go right (laughs) (laughs) not even halfway done so but how do you how can we plan for that and 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 incorporate it into the start of of the event and i say the start let's say the first six hours right how can you ensure that what you're doing is not negatively impacting the last six hours the last two hours you know because it's it's so easy. It'll be just, it'll just be so ridiculously easy to, to, to what you have to do at, at the start compared to what you want to allow yourself to be able to do at the end. Yeah. Well, you just need to get really, really good at going easy. And we're in a good position here because you are really, really good at going easy. Yes. So that, that needs to be the focus is just go as fast as possible without putting in any effort. So I must say that mountain bike races are a little bit different because um, when we were racing, so the when we did the 24-hour worlds, we were racing on the uh, original mountain bike Olympic track. Uh, so it was yeah. pretty pretty tough and really bumpy, and there's uphills that you need to go really hard just to make it up them. And the downhills are really abusive. Like we were on 26-inch wheels with 2.0 tires, and it, you know, it was really rough. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is there was times where we had to go really, really hard. You're not going to have that, right? Well, see, just in the very basic thoughts I ran through in my head, would you, do you want to engage a different muscle recruitment pattern and would every hour or so, would I want to just go hundy for a lap? You know, just to like engage different muscles, range of motion, energy systems, um, mental capacity because like that's not gonna you know just going and I don't mean like all out but try and do a fast lap yeah that's maybe that's appropriate I also thought about walking backwards for a lap um, no. because otherwise you literally would be engaging the same range of motion muscle group for the entire yeah 24 you hours you could crawl for one lap <laughs> you could like save that to go sides you know like they do in basketball sides? Yeah, 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 yeah yeah you could you could um yeah i don't think it'd be a bad idea to go like a little bit faster for a lap because you know like the difference in your feeling from going like kind of fast to going way too fast like the carry-on effects of that are very different like if you go into the red zone and continue pushing yourself you might be smoked for a while but actually after a little bit you feel pretty fine right you have a little bit of rest you slow down and you can pick back up like we're made for endurance 
the human body is made for endurance, especially endurance running. Yeah, and you know, you did that uh, on the Olympic course, which is generally yeah very undulating, quite bumpy, technical, man-made features, things like that. That would uh, definitely require you to go into the red zone and into your anaerobic zone. And I'm thinking, well, we have this anaerobic work capacity, this ability to go above the, you know, nebulous threshold. And if I never go above that, am I wasting that capacity? Maybe. There's not that much work you can do above your threshold overall until you have to come back down below your threshold or your critical power or something like that. There's not that much, so you won't gain that much time. By okay. expending yeah. it. So that might not be the best approach to do it that way. But I think by recruiting different muscles, um, I th- that might be a really good approach for you. Especially if you planned that fast lap. So maybe you do like your normal pace at 5.30s and then you do one lap at five minutes or something like that or 5.10. And then you can have four minutes there to play with to get to that 6.15 average. And you yeah. could just sit, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd have to think that walking, at least in the initial stages, would be so much better than sitting. Okay, so how long does it take you to walk 1K? Or, I mean, a brisk walk's around 10 minutes, and a very leisurely walk would be around 15. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Like, so let's say I'm going to do a real leisurely walk around one lap. Yeah. Then, then that would be like 0.4 of 15 minutes. So half is seven and a half. So around six to seven minutes. Okay. It would take, and that'd be very leisurely. Um, so if we said I could, I could walk a lap in six minutes, then. Then if I've got three to four minutes to play with, that's probably half a lap. It's probably 200 meters. Okay. But then we need also need to plan in these stops, you know, because it's going to happen eventually yep. anyway. So they definitely need to be built in uh, for that grabbing your food. And ov- so obviously those walks are going to be good, though, too, because like we don't always want to stop. And in mountain biking, it was pretty good because we could just pedal a little bit, coast and eat. Right. And we're still moving yes. and you're not going slow at yep. all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you have the sad reality of needing to move your legs the entire time while also <laughs> eating. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. It sounds hard. Because well, one thing, like the, I worked with four athletes doing the 100 mile at Tarawera this year. They all went under 24 hours or 24, like one lady was just over. So they were all pretty much, they were 23 or 24 hours. And one thing we worked on was like always moving forward, always moving forward. Unless you have that specific plan because you're changing your shoes, you want to be moving forward because as soon as you're not moving forward, you're not gaining anything. Yeah, that's like if and if you if you're changing your shoes, that's a gain in some form, right? Because you you're gaining comfort, you you're gaining performance through whatever but if you just decide to sit down because you want to drink your water and just have a zone out um you either have had to plan for that or 
you're now just you're literally you're just losing time time is just being given away um and so but it is going to happen like you are going to just stop because that's just the nature of it and like i'm just i haven't just have no idea like we can plan for 12 hours i think i think we could comfortably plan for 12 hours and i think mentally physically i could keep ticking those boxes but it becomes like how much will i lose beyond that and how can we kind of figure that out in training yeah so 12 hours isn't the race don't forget that 12 hours it does is not a factor here it's just has the happenstance of being halfway through this event that you're targeting (laughs) right so you need to get that one out of your head now and you're focused on going for 20 hours or sorry 24 hours and four minutes because your last lap or your last k or whatever or maybe you'll get to do one lap after 24 hours or something it's going to be lightning fast you're going to finish with a sprint so yeah. you need to go over 24 hours is what i'm trying to say so 12 is 12 yeah. is not a factor um but yeah you're right about that you need to keep moving but you're also going to stop it because you're going to see your support crew who are going to be grumpy at you and you're going to be grumpy at them. You're going to be looking at them with a blanket wrapped around themselves, drinking warm coffee, thinking how much you want to stop. And you're going to see them so many times. So yeah. you're, that draw for you to quit is going to be massive. And that draw for you to stop is going to be massive. And just because maybe you want to say something to them. Yeah, that's it's going to be hard. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Like if we start to, if I'm right at the start of the event, and I'm thinking, what can I do 24 hours from now? Slow down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you, I, th- I think you're going to slow down anyway. You have I to. I think it's an inevitable. Like, you're just going to use, you can't sustain the same muscle recruitment output, the, the same physiological output for, for 24 hours. Like, I don't, like, yeah, maybe if I just walked, you know, I could, I could maybe. It really depends on your on your fitness level and conditioning. So, so if we get through, like, what are we going to use? We can heart rate's going to be so like what's what's the word I'm looking for? It's going to be so low, or it should at least be so low. It could have quite a large variation in it. Yeah, I'm going to have a coffee. I'm going to be excited. Maybe I have a caffeine gel or another coffee, like. Maybe Matt bought some like fried chicken. I'm yes. pretty excited about it. And so now my heart rate goes from 120 to 130, but it's all well below, like it's in zone one at that stage. Like, do I like, so that becomes hard. So we need to kind of figure out those paces and power outputs, running power outputs. Um, and we can kind of actually, because it's a measured track, we could just figure out my efficiency factor. And it's just time per lap. It's more, it becomes then more like a, um, uh, like cycling velodrome. We kind of like, well, your drag coefficient's this, your mass is this. And so in order to get this time, you have to put out this much work. Like you have to do this much work around a measured track, right? Yeah. It's just, just the way it is. So you probably, we could probably look at my work capacity over 24 hours and, and go from there. And then use some of these stop gaps, like oh wow, heart rate's above one forty. Don't slow down. Ooh. Stop. Walk. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot to factor in because you could actually start to think about aerodynamics as well. 
know, wearing something really, really tight and not wearing your hat facing forward kind of thing. Yeah. You, know, you can just start to factor those things in. Well, it all has to have some kind of effect when you're going for that duration. Yeah. Right. Like shoe. I'm going to have to figure out what shoes I'm going to wear. You'll obviously wear those Nike cheater shoes, won't you? <laughs> well, see, I have some. I, I got some. And in my runs in them, they're not like super comfortable or like you don't notice the responsiveness of them or like the benefit when I was running five minute Ks. Mm. I was like, this feels more like just a soft shoe. But then when I run three minute Ks, anything under four minutes, I start to really notice the the benefit of of the shoe. It's like um, I was talking to my wife about it, and she's like, "It's like race wheels, you know, on on your road bike. You put on carbon wheels, and you just feel that they're a bit fun. Yeah. Like when you get up and go, you're like, these things are fast. But when you're just biking around town, you don't really. You just kind of think you're you fast. You don't think really how notice cool it. You look. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. But then when you actually get up and go, you're like, these things are, there's, I don't know what it is, but there's, there's, whether it's aerodynamics, stiffness, lightness, like it's, um, rolling resistance, it's that, that faster. It's like that with the shoes. That was how I felt without looking at the data. Um, but yeah, we're going to like light, lightness, like I have to be really light yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, f- yeah, food, um, not carrying anything like, yeah, these are a lot, a lot to sleep. Like, do I prep? Yeah, that, that's I, one thing I was thinking about. I don't think you need a warm up. No, I thought about that yeah. as well. Like, you got a whole day. Yeah, just like start slow, and that's kind of your warm up, <laughs> right? Because what's your yeah. warm up pace anyway? Well, yeah, like <laughs> five, five, six. There minutes. you go. So no warm up needed. That's pretty good. That cuts down your time. But um, <laughs> yeah. You, Need, need to eat. I tell you, one of the things that I wasn't prepared for in 24 hour races was the feeling in my mouth. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, so, uh, you, you're pretty much expecting like your hands are going to be sore. And, you know, my thumbs are still, I still have nerve damage in my thumbs. This was, it was like 15 years ago, the last one I did. I still can't feel the tips yeah. of my thumb from holding onto the handlebars and taking those vibrations. And, uh, so I was like, I knew that stuff was going to happen. Your butt would be sore and everything would be chafing. But then from kind of just going for so long with your tongue bouncing on the roof of your mouth, it's no yeah, way. the roof of my mouth would start to kind of fall apart. You know, if you eat too many, um, honey buns, <laughs> yeah, too many of that, or like if you eat too many, uh, salt and vinegar chips, you know, that kind of yeah, feeling, yeah, yeah. that's the kind oh, of feeling yeah. I had after, uh, you know, long into one of these events. So you don't want anything real acidic or anything like that. What about sleep? Well, so like, did you just, did you practice overnight exercise at all? Or did you just go, go fresh? No. Um, well, and hope for the I best. used to do most of my training at night anyway. So I would train after work uh, until, you know, 10 or 11 PM. So I was pretty I had a good handle on what to do like at night or in the dark and things like that. So that wasn't really a factor for me, but you know, the fast, fastest guys weren't stopping for sleep. Um, yeah. So my best ever 24 hour race, I got second and I took, I took a 15 minute nap 
just because I yep. absolutely needed to. And I used that time to then have my only change of clothes. I put on like a long sleeve and I kept that on until the end of the race, wore a jacket for a little. Um, but you know, you kind of can't prepare for what you're going, going to want. So you yes. have to have these yep. limits on yourself. Like, you know, can't do that. Can't do this. Um, no way. If I do that, the event's over. Um, because if you stop and, you know, you sleep for more than 10 minutes, it's over. You know, like it's actually over <laughs> unless everyone does yeah, that. Yeah. So you, you yeah. can't even plan it in at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's like a no go yeah. zone. Yeah. You sleep for 15 minutes, you lose. Right. <laughs> you know, cause you could lose three Ks more, more, right, more yeah. than that. Right. Yeah. Well, you got to think about like yeah, slowing down to stop and then lying in the, the cot or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, you're going to really, 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 really want that. And you're going to need it. You're going to tell yourself you need it. And you're going to convince yourself that you need it. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want to kind of practice some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know when, you know, the the 100K, the fastest one of the eight hour, eight and a half hours, that was, that's, that was started at 1 a.m. We actually did a podcast. Yeah. Um, recapping yeah. it um, back last year. And so that started at 1 a.m. And I remember the draw, the kind of what you're saying at, must have been about 6 a.m. Where I normally wake up and and then my whatever biochemistry, like circadian rhythm was like, whoa, wait, you've been awake and running this whole time? Like, you would, what, wait, we're supposed to just be waking and waking up. And I was just so drawn to the side of the trail. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I could, oh, I could seriously take a nap, yeah. like a quick ass one. Yeah. Like, so. Oh man, I just, I'm remembering it now, like how tired I became within the space of like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're a guy of, um, routine. So you should try and keep your routines as much as close as possible to what your normal routine is. So like 6 a.m. have your coffee, you know, <laughs> and then at 6.30 a.m. have your fifth coffee, you know, like every other day <laughs> because, um, that that's what you're used to. So try and keep those as uh, as close as possible because you're going to be missing one of the major components, which is sleep. But by the sounds of it, you didn't get much of that last night anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like being being a dad, um, like a six seven month year old. It's uh, that was a late one. That was yeah, that was midnight and then up at four a.m. So. I guess uh, getting a bit of adaptation, but I was so tired. <laughs> well, you're, no way I would have been running. You're not even going to have that four-hour sleep. So, you know, just the only thing you have to keep doing in this event is not stop. That's it. Yeah. So I guess the the first point that I should really go out is go to the athletics track and run for, I don't know, three or four hours. See how bored you get and how dizzy you get. And well, I did a two-hour one, Yikes. uh, in lockdown, I think, to like see what it would be like. And uh, I, I like zoned out, like like really zoned out, and then I zoned like came back in, and I was like real lost. <laughs> I was like real disorientated, and I was like running off the track. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, this after, that was honestly after like an hour and a half, so I can't even imagine what it's like after like. 15 hours like 10 times as long um yeah and i was like okay this is going to be just those lines the orange track going round and round and round in the dark 
Um, but the other thing I did was like, I, I just ran, just kind of looked at my heart rate. It's like, oh, I don't want to go over 150. I'll just run. And I just got slower and slower and slower. And I was like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, that like, that's just going to be the hardest part is to go so slow. Yeah. And, and it's, to it's be okay up. with getting lapped. So there's yeah. going to be guys and girls your speed that are going to not be pacing the way you're going to be pacing. And if they're going slightly faster than you, they could be 10, 20 laps ahead, right? Oh, totally. And yeah. that's not even that much if you're going to do 288 laps or whatever it is. Oh, man, I don't even know. It'll be like 1,000 laps. <laughs> like 10, 10 laps is, is 4k so 40k is 100 laps okay so it's not a thousand but yeah wow a lot so like someone's gonna lap you a lot of times and you need to be okay with letting them lap you and you'll be able to you'll see them the whole race like <laughs> my god they're yeah. there over there oh that's gonna be so annoying <laughs> uh, oh. i would i would hate it I remember because I got lapped a lot of times by the guy that ended up winning the world champs, Craig Gordon from Australia. And he, I ended up passing him back actually early in the morning because he was pulled over on the side of the trail with his, you know, so much protein floating around in his blood that he had to be taken to the hospital. He had to be carried off course actually. He developed rab rhabdomyolysis where there's so much yeah. protein breakdown and the protein's floating around your blood and it's toxic. And he couldn't move anymore. Yeah, well, you can't. Your kidneys can't yeah, process it. Yeah. Um, your muscles like like you're literally, literally falling apart. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I passed him. But he had already passed me <laughs> so many times that you know it didn't really matter. Um, but you know it's really hard to to when someone passes you and you know that they're like a full lap ahead, and the, your course is so short that you're going to be potentially getting passed or passing people a lot. Yeah, even like at my kind of pace um let's work it out yeah about two minutes it'll take to do a lap wow like two to two and a half minutes yeah so i mean for someone to be two minutes up on you in a 24 hour race i'm sure it's someone to be 20 minutes up on you so you're right like they could be like 10 20 laps up early on in the piece because yeah. yeah for for whatever reason and you can't control them so you can only control yourself Right, so if you start to think about someone being ten or twenty laps ahead of you, um, you don't know what's going to happen to them. So either there's only really two things: either one, they're going to crack, which is likely, and because it's just as likely for you to crack, uh, yeah. or what, um, or they're just that much better, right? That's and neither of those things you can control. So that's why you need to just keep going, because if they crack, they're going to stop, and if you keep going. And you're prepared to keep going, then that that's when you get them. You really get them. <laughs> yeah, and well, one of the other things I thought about around my diet, like obviously I'm a low carb guy, is what my whole PhD was on. Like ketosis could be something like super efficient for this event, you know. So I'm gonna gonna play around with that because then if you can minimize the reliance on carbohydrate and bonking and everything and hit, hitting the wall like low blood sugar then that's that's something else you know do you think that, that would be a factor because you're gonna have so much access to food 
and you're going going to be able to go so slow that you can take on sugars and you can digest. Do you think the the ketones will be a factor? Actually, you're probably right. Um, I've just often wondered yeah. that. Um, you know, like you because in the, in something like that, I'm not going to have a large period away from accessibility. Yeah, but to anything. But if you have carbohydrate, you're going to use those carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Well, that it I guess it minimizes. But like with the low carb, um, diet or fat adaptation, metabolic flexibility, it just minimizes minimizes your reliance on it so i think that yeah you're right i wouldn't have to go too hardcore into something because of the accessibility it's not like i disappear for and have to carry my own fuel no i mean even if you had to for, for two minutes <laughs> be okay right <laughs> then you're back <laughs> and then, then i'm back and yeah 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 okay okay so we can kind of yeah that's what i mean like we can minimize these variables because we can have a plan around getting nutrition and we can literally like just do it yeah you just you're just a, a robot going out there and having to go around this machine for 24 hours what could go wrong <laughs> you know add in feelings and you know chafing and all those other things there's actually a lot could go wrong but you get your plan <laughs> dialed and you just don't quit and that's how you're gonna have your best event yeah so all right i think i think we get we're getting the basis of it so what i'm gonna do is I'm not sure when I'll get the opportunity in the next couple of weeks. I'll go out to the athletics track and I'll I'll go run for a few hours. Yeah. Okay. And and then we can and then I'll I'll start a YouTube series. I think will be efficient rather than boring everyone on the podcast. Well, the, a lot of people are going to be interested in this, but the video will be pretty good. Uh, and yeah, we can we can start to I'll get your help on on some of the training. Okay. Um, that we will we will put together and the pacing strategy really around it you know because this is going to be because i'm not a robot no, no. <laughs> so so we can't just wind me up and and, and push go for 24 no. hours um so this is going to be yeah i think you got the fitness part dialed it's just going to be everything else oh yeah well, the fitness I'm, I'm not so worried about it's the conditioning yeah i you're going to hurt no matter right. what, though. I think it's just the, the mental preparedness of being able to cope with the things that you're, that are, that you're not going to plan for. So, like, all the planning in the world will miss it. We'll miss some of the things that are going to be affecting you at that time. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Man, I hope it doesn't rain. Oh, well, it might. Yeah. <laughs> can plan for that. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to keeping up with this process. And I think there's a lot to kind of, you know, think about and organize and, like that was one of the things that we always enjoyed about these kind of events is the, the process of preparing and getting the equipment ready and having our transitions dialed and our pit crews ready, hot soup waiting for us, those kind of things. And uh, that's a really fun process. Yeah, that's what I'm also like. Another reason that's kind of drawn me to it because of this discussion. Yeah. You know, like what do, what can we plan for to ensure that I can come out on top? like execute my best performance in some like unknown world that I've I've never experienced. What can we do? So that will be the journey for the next 20 weeks. Cool. That'll be fun. <laughs> Look forward to it. All right, Matt. Well, I better, better leave you, better leave you to it. 
just um yeah shout out to everyone if you enjoy the podcast really helps us if you get the word out via social media spotify we don't have the joe rogan deal but (laughs) we're on there so you can share straight to instagram facebook stories from from spotify that's probably the easiest way i'm maybe apple Podcasts. i don't know no one gives us any data we pretty much just see how many listens we get and that keeps going up so shout out to you guys for, for putting it out there cool we'll see you next week all right catch you later